Welcome to Sunflower Living, a podcast that believes that life is always worth living. I'm Amila. And I'm Blinky. Welcome to our working philosophies on life and living with mental illness. So today we're going to dive into what it feels like to live with a mental illness. Amila, do you want to start? Um, yeah, no, I, I would because I think I'm in the perfect mood to actually describe that right now because I just had a bit of a dip that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I think the, the, the thing that always sticks out to me is that every time I do experience a lull or like a really, really intense negative emotion, it's never the same. It's never like the same consistent feeling. Does that make sense? In the sense that like it's always... I, I can't quite describe it. Like, it, it's just, it's always, like I said, it's very intense, but then at the same time, it it's never similar. It's always, it either, it, it's it's always varying, but again, it, it's still familiar in some way. Am I making sense? Yes, totally. I want to mm-hmm. ask, though, what is mm-hmm. the mental illness that you think is, um, Oh, what what's your diagnosis, if you don't mind sharing? Um, my diagnosis is I have a mood disorder mixed with major depression. So what that means is I tend to flip flop between different extremes. Um, oh, and I also have an anxiety disorder tagged onto both of those. So I mean, I think the most common thing that I would that I will experience is a combination between depression and anxiety. Depression more so now that I'm older. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of trying to keep out of this place of absolute blackness, you know, where it's it's where there doesn't seem to be any point to anything. It's just an ab- like meaningless meaninglessness in its absolute form. So wow. yeah, I, I'm kind of having like a little sprinkle of that right now. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, yeah, and I think that in really dealing with the depression more than anything else, I often get asked. How does it feel or what is it like? And mm-hmm. I often try to veer away from saying, oh, it's like sadness because it's not. It's it's more than melancholy. It's it's really just this, um, this feeling of darkness, this sense mm-hmm. that something is constantly following you. It's a heaviness that never really leaves you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of how I've experienced the depression. Um, yeah. And, you know, if I speak on the anxiety, it's definitely, I think, a feeling of, of constant panic, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit difficult to describe because it, it varies in levels as well. Like you said, it's not like mm-hmm. it's always the same because if it was, it would be so much easier to manage. But, oh, completely. Um, completely. And I think... What, and- I think that's when at times I'm like, but it would be nice if there was like a consistency because then it would be like, oh, okay, I just do this, I do that, and then I can move on. But it's it, that's just not the, the deal almost. And I think the other aspect of it, which I dislike the most, is that it's so unpredictable. You don't know when it's going to hit. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes the triggers are not necessarily ones you've identified. So it can just come as a wave. And in yeah. that moment, you've got to deal with it. You can't be like, oh, well, um, it's going to come at this time and I can log that. And so I can be prepared for it. Um, mm-hmm. And that unpredictability is really why it is so debilitating and why having any kind of mental illness is debilitating, because it affects your life in such a way 
that you can't plan for it. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't often um, prepare for it in ways that yeah, you wish you could. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially you know, when you sort of say that it is debilitating in its unpredictability, I tend to find that I, I struggle especially in social situations because one minute or let's say I'm going to a party and I've just met new people and, you know, there's a bit lively, the conversation's going, and then you just feel the dip and it's like, okay, um, I need to leave because um, I don't want to freak people out. And like, you, you you always, and I think especially in social situations, you never really want to isolate people or then kind of explain what it is that just happened because then it, it it's not accessible to, you know, quote unquote, normal people, people who may not really be familiar with the day-to-day experience of having a mental illness. So in that way, and especially in, you know, a mode where it is debilitating, it also has this, like, ugly effect of being isolating as well. I think the isolation is a big piece. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of, oh, I'm at a loss for words because the isolation is a piece that's difficult to explain. It's, mm-hmm. again, difficult to manage. And I think that that's kind of, for me, the um, the overriding issue is that Mm. the difficulty to manage mental illness is what makes it so debilitating and what makes it so difficult to talk about, to explain to people. Um, When you talk about isolation, I completely agree because you you can't tell, you don't want to tell the whole world, not that you can't. Um, But, and and also it's none of their business, but at the same time, you do often need to exit situations when you feel like, wow, okay, this is going to either be triggering or you feel that wave that just came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, And from the social anxiety point of view, yes, that claustrophobia, that feeling as though, you know, the life is just, (laughs) you just can't (laughs) handle what's happening right in that moment. And having to make those quick exits, having to sometimes deal with the fact that you can't get out of bed in the morning And so you spend so much time on your own. All of those, I think, really play into, you know, into the core kind of symptoms of mental illness. Absolutely. And I think what is even more poignant is that when you bring it into a social space or where you have to, or like, you know, like I said, where where you feel that dip in a moment where you're surrounded by other people whom you may not necessarily know all that well, there's also this like this weird part in your your mind or the, or the sort of like that intense mental space where it's like I don't want to be the one to bring the bird down, <laughs> so I, I need I need to just just pop out and and then do it quietly and do it in the most sort of like least dramatic way possible because I don't think anyone really ever quite knows what to do when you, you just sort of crumble on the floor in a pile of your own you know, misery. And it's not like you do it on purpose either, right? Because like you say, it's it's so unpredictable and it's so, it's irritating in the sense that it's like, you know, if I just had like, because I think we've, we've spoken before, you know, privately about the different mechanisms that we use in order to cope. 
But there just will always come a day where they just don't work and you're sort of thrown back into ground zero. And it's like, okay, but what now then, guys? I think that's when you need a really strong support structure. I find Mm -hmm. that on the days when the tools that I have, you know, tucked away, which we'll talk about on another episode, um, Mm -hmm. it's just that when you have a really strong support structure, they see that they can see that, okay, you've counted, you know, five, four, three, two, one, try to get yourself up. Like Mel Robbins likes to say, um, you have tried to snooze button as many times as possible. You've set tiny little, um, uh, you know, goals to say, okay, well, why don't you try and do this? Or you've, you've tried, you know, everything that's in your little box of tricks, but mm-hmm. then your support structure is the one that will be able to say whoever that is for you, whether that is a parent, a friend, yeah. um, a spouse, um, you know, even your, your therapist. Those are people who can then say, okay, this is what you've got to do today. This yeah. is what we're going to do for you. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit with you in it. I'm not going to ask for anything more than that. I'm just yeah. going to be here to support you or mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you a meal or um, I'm going to, you know, there's so many other tips again, which we'll share at a later stage, but I think yeah. that your support structure in that moment, that's when you really need to lean on them because you're right. There are times when nothing is working. <laughs> there are mm-hmm. times when um, it really just feels like too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are the times when those are definitely the times when we need people. We need to lean on someone else um, and to help us to get through that, to get through that day, get through that week, get through that month. Because I think that's another thing that we don't discuss is that it's not just like, oh, I had a bad day. No, it kind of goes on for, you know, for a long time, for times that, you know, sometimes we can't, we can't predict. Yeah, totally. And I think it's more than just, you know, coming back to your, to your, um, your mentioning of a support structure. I think what is nice about, or what's always necessary about a support structure is that for the people who support you and who kind of bring you back to reality to understand that, um, you know, this is not just a ripple effect. It's not just a ripple effect. It's a hurricane in a lot of ways. Like you, you can't predict when you will feel better. So the importance of your support structure is to say, you're here we see that you're here. We know where you are, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's almost the the need. I don't know, but like what jumped into my head uh, a, a while ago, kind of coming, you know, bringing back this this you know these images of darkness and isolation is just this this absolute othering that comes from having a mental illness, and there's no other way to really express it when you are in it. You know, it is very much something that is so othering that you need people who understand that and still see you despite that. And I think, you know, to kind of get to the, you know, I love the imagery of the hurricane. Yeah. And a lot of the time people use the idea of darkness. And I prefer to say, for me, the depression is like a never ending winter because it is, it's that gray lull that is so just heavy and it doesn't go away and there's no sun peeking in and there's, it's just, it's, it's there. It's so pervasive. It is so life um, sucking really. I don't know what else to, how else to explain it, but I think that, yeah, when we're aware of that and I, and I think when you talk about the othering, 
that's kind of why we have started this podcast, right? Yeah, definitely. To say that, um, you know, to tell, to let people know that one, they're not alone. Yeah. And you can live with mental illness. Um, it's not, you know, it, it's not the end of your life. Uh, it really and isn't. A, and a diagnosis doesn't define you. No, completely. I think what, what we need to, to do, and I think is, is almost paramount, and I think in any aspect of life, especially with something as complex and layered as a personality, you know, this is something that will evolve with you, like everything else that makes you up, right? So, you know, you have to kind of take those steps that say that, okay, this is how I can, like, almost establish a template for, okay, this is what generally makes me feel better. These are the people that I value in opinion in their presence in their life. I like, you know, hanging out with them. Um, and bring those two things together to say, okay, this is my, I think it was you who, who said, again, in, in, in private, this idea of an arsenal, you know, and to yes. say that, okay, this is my arsenal. And, that's how I, I go forward because it really doesn't define you, but I don't think we can negate that it is a part of you. Yeah, no, mm. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And so we're here to end the stigma around mental illness and be a part of that movement because it's necessary. There's so many people who are suffering in silence and they don't need to be. There's exactly. so many people who um, feel like they well, who just who who may not necessarily have access to um, some of the resources available, and so we just want to add ourselves as a part of a resource to say, you know, we can live with this illness, and um, and do so successfully. And yeah, I totally. Mean, you know, totally, totally. that mm-hmm. again goes into what how you define success. But for us, it means seeing another day. Because yeah. every day you survive mental illness is a day to be celebrated. That Completely. Is, is so important. And it's a day in which you can be like, yeah, I'm satisfied that I got through this. Even if it's just, yeah, no, I sat in front of Netflix in my pajamas, just zoned out into like whatever crime show they're advertising this week. And that was enough because I think what I think makes me really angry and kind of peeved, especially in, in terms of what's missing from the conversation is that it doesn't always look like what we are shown in media. Yes. It really doesn't in the sense that, you know, not everyone can go to the gym. Not everyone uh, can get their hair cut or if they do, it's just, you know, in shambles. And then that's another pile on the, on the, on the heap. So I think, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, us starting this podcast is to say that, you know, this has been our lives for, a long time, I think a long enough time for us to be able to recognize that it's there, that we can't run away from it. But we can, I think, almost live as testaments and say, yeah, we have really, really horrible days sometimes. But the fact that we go to sleep and get up again, that's to say, you know, we did it. In some way, we we got through this and you guys can do it too. Oh, I love that. And so on that note, thank you for listening to our podcast. We will see you in the next episode with more about living with mental illness. We will be sharing some tips on how to manage the illnesses, the various ones that are out there, and as well as how we have managed to to live with a mental illness. Thank you for listening.
Thank you so much for listening, guys. Cheers. And on another note, we are not mental health professionals and the opinions expressed in this podcast are our own. And once again, thank you for listening.